from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. This week of Friday, February 22nd, 2013, and it's a very special, highly anticipated edition of the Rome Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios is the very lovely Maya Strang. Hello, hello. To her left, the denim jacket clad Tyler Huckabee. As usual. <laughs> on the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, friends. It's a very special podcast for a number of reasons. First off, our headline guest is the Lumineers, one of our favorite groups. Oh, yeah. Made a splash at the Grammys. Everybody's talking about them. Lumineers are the new issue. Uh, we have them on the podcast today. Hey! That's really cool. <laughs> oh. Nice reference to their song. Uh, have you guys heard that song? It's kind of... Of course. You know, which one? Well, getting some say, buzz. It, say it again. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That song is completely inescapable. It's on movie trailers, commercials, on every... Like, no matter what the format of the radio station is, they're playing that song. I think the only commercial it's not on is the Microsoft Surface commercials, <laughs> which annoy me to no end mm-hmm. because... It implies that if you get this lovely new Microsoft tablet, your office will be full of breakdancing and no productivity. Well, the See, Lumineers songs imply that if you listen to them, you'll be living in a candlelit prohibition era cabin, <laughs> <laughs> shouting. Yeah, yeah, oh, just well, because you're spending in your cabin. days doing like group sing-alongs. Hey, that's not a bad life. It's better yeah. than the life that the Microsoft Surface is implying True. that we would all. Can I tell you what my problem is with those Surface ads? It's, it's I get the imagery that they want to be cool, and it's like, you know, this is like a fun business, uh, you know, tool, the Microsoft Surface. Yeah. But the only feature that they're really showcasing, you know, like this is why you want to buy the Microsoft Surface, is the cool clicking sound. Which is an add-on accessory. It is not uh, included when you buy a... Uh, it, it would be like Apple running an sound? ad... An ad for for uh, external speakers for the iPad or something. It's like an accessory you can buy, and, and that's the primary thing they're advertising. And I want to slap every person in those commercials. They do not cast them well. They do not make me want to hang out with these people and be like them. It makes me want to be I think unlike they're them. Great. Well, of course, you like Step Up Revolution. I suggested to Cameron <laughs> the other night that this is the like business meetings of the dance platform. The dance party. The dance yeah. party oh. platform. Oh, wow. And he said, oh, that's interesting. But we don't use Microsoft. Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> the dance party will not be endorsed by Microsoft, first of all. Second of all, you like the Surface commercials because it's step up a business revolution. Mm. And, and you think that that's a good thing. But speaking of sponsors, real sponsors. Oh, yeah. This is part two of why this is a very special episode. We have a new sponsor for the podcast. My favorite glasses company warby parker is is sponsoring this edition of the relevant podcast we're excited about it they are an incredible very cool glasses company with a very cool model if you have sight impediments as i do finding a company like this is actually a game changer uh warby offers an easy way to buy prescription glasses and sunglasses online um they have a great selection of fashion forward frames all of their glasses, all in, including the lenses, 95 bucks. Not only is that a great deal, and it's very cool style, but when you buy them, 
they also give a pair of glasses to a child in need. So it's an amazing cause, an amazing model. It's sustainable. Warby uh, Parker also has an in-home try-on program because how do you buy glasses online, right? So what you do is you go on their website, you pick out five frames, and then they ship them to you for free. And you check them out, look at them on your face, and then you send them back prepaid, you know, all free, no obligation. And then you you can order online the one that you wanted. And it's easy. It's 95 bucks, And... For sponsoring the podcast, they're giving relevant podcast listeners a special deal. For listeners of the podcast, Warby Parker is offering free expedited two-day shipping on the final purchase. You visit warbyparker.com. That's W-A-R-B-Y parker.com for the home try-on program. When you're ready to purchase your favorite glasses, you enter the promo code RELEVANT during the final checkout. Again, the promo code's RELEVANT. Go do it. It's awesome. Great company. I love my Warby Parkers. Yeah. I love, I love Warby Parker. Yeah. So, so, I, I don't so, even wear glasses, but I've thought <laughs> about ordering some and just doing the Russell Wellsbrook thing. Just pop those just lenses out. The, yeah. Dude, they have... Well, you can get non-prescription ones, first of all, if you want to be that guy. And they have sunglasses. <laughs> they have, cool. I'm they not quite have, sure that I can be that really guy, but cool I can't say I haven't considered it. They have a monocle. Yes. You they can... Have the, yeah. Like I'm, a, I have a top out here for our special segment coming up later in the show, which I haven't mentioned yet. But you all know. I don't have a monocle though. I need a monocle. It's for after dark. Again, <laughs> it's for the it's evening attire. Let me tell you why I'm excited about Warby because I have been an advocate of Warby Parker for a couple years now. I'll I'll be honest. I mean, glasses are a, a part of my life. I have to get good quality glasses, and so I found this really cool boutique glasses shop that that has some great frames and stuff. And I'd go in there about once a year, and I get a new pair. And it was always very expensive, mm-hmm. uh, very cool brands, very high quality. But I'm telling you, by the time it was all said and done, I'd be walking out of there paying five, six hundred dollars. So then I discovered Warby Parker, and and everything all ends ninety five bucks. And I'm going, what? This can't be good quality, you know? So I did the home try ons, and I'm like, okay, this is what's the catch? Mm-hmm. This is crazy. And ordered five pairs. <laughs> I literally my first my first yeah. purchase from Warby was I, I bought five pairs because I was like this is like one glasses at a normal boutique and I can get five pairs you know plus five kids are now walking around seeing stuff. So when you say five pairs, I'm I'm assuming I think correctly that you bought ten monocles. <laughs> <laughs> and I just <laughs> I'm a big uh, the, the kids got ten monocles. <laughs> big Charlie McCarthy fan. And, uh, my ventrilo- oh, ventriloquism. Just anyway, on each so I've already been tweeting about that. So over the last couple of years, every once in a while, I would tweet about Warby and just great model. About once a year, they'll put out their annual report. It's always very cool. It tells about their giving and their sales and stuff. And I'll tweet it. So their social media team is just on the ball. Mm-hmm. They'll they always reply to you or they always thank you. And or if you post a picture of you wearing your new Warbies, they'll always go, "Oh, they look great." Yep. They'll always like engage you, and I'm like. Who does this? First yeah. of all, I mean, this is phenomenal what they do. So impressed with their business model. So impressed with their style. So impressed with their price point, customer service, free shipping. I mean, the whole thing is just like, okay, companies, they are the model you should be aspiring to. I've always been an advocate of Warby. So when our team connected with their team in the last you know month or so to explore the idea of sponsoring the podcast, I they brought the idea to me. I'm like, uh, like... The guy, a guy on our team who who brokered it, uh, Jeff. I don't think he knew that I 
knew Warby or that I was already a fan of Warby. And so when he said he was telling me about this new company, Warby Parker, I was like, are you kidding? I'm wearing Warbies. You know, like, <laughs> did, did you slowly lower your Warbies down your nose and stare at him dramatically? <laughs> Both Jeff, monocles. Just one not, monocle in each hand. David do you Caruso not see style. what's on my face, Jeff? Do you not see? <laughs> you, do I not look good to you, Jeff? If I look did, good, did, it's because I'm wearing you my go, Well, it looks like you sure have an eye for these things. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, so you guys will not be subjected to three minutes of me gushing every time they sponsor the, the podcast, but I just wanted to let everybody know, for real, this is a legit, great company, and uh, the, the free two-day shipping, and uh, you're just going to have a great experience if you go check it out. If you're in the market for glasses, go to warbyparker.com. You will not regret it. That is my official personal endorsement. Use promo code relevant when you're checking out um, and you'll get the uh, free two-day shipping. So, Okay. And that brings me to the big moment of the show. High time. Don your, don your fine apparel, folks. Get out your monocles. Don your top hats. It is Oscars.biz time. I did go to Marshall's last night to try and find a dress. Did you really? I did. An evening gown? An evening gown. Did you literally go looking for sequins? With a slit that dramatically reveals one leg? (laughs) No, that's my outfit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The Oscars.biz Awards, if you didn't catch the nominee show last week, it is our annual, uh, third annual now, let's see, competition-based and non-celebrity reality TV awards show. And, this and we've year, expanded to digital this year. As yeah, well. this year we've expanded. Change the title for next year. But. To digital memes. <laughs> so we just tacked that on. Now, the Oscars.biz nomination show last week, you know, you all heard, heard the candidates. You went over to the website, Oscars.biz this week, and you voted. Literally, several thousand of you voted, which is just very <laughs> Not quite sure what concerning. to do with that number. <laughs> yeah, very concerning. That's a lot. Yeah, as of right now, 2,900 and change. So it'll be over 3,000 an hour or two. That's just bizarre. And you have way too much time on your hands. Maybe you all thought it was like American Idol and you voted early and often. You know, like It's maybe, possible. Maybe, there was actually only seven people very passionately voting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jungle Bird and six others. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so we had to take it up a notch. So we had the nomination show last week, the nomination segment last week. This week, for the actual awards presentation, we had to take it up a notch. We have a very special... Very special guest host coming up later for this segment. Writer, thinker, philanthropist, John Acuff. Professional advice giver. John Acuff is joining us. He's sort of us. the master of ceremonies. He is the, ma- the MC. He's master, master of, of he's master of many things. So Chaz over here on the ones and two. John Acuff is the MC. It's like Pete Rock and Seal Smooth all over again <laughs> for the Oscars. The really impressive part is he didn't even know what the Oscars.biz awards were until last night. That is true. But but he has been cramming and preparing. Yeah. He's been watching a lot of shows. <laughs> he has. And he was so impressed with the Marshall's endorsement that he knew he couldn't say no, regardless right. of what the actual event is. Right. right. He said, if Marshall's is associated, if Marshall's is in, yeah. sign me up. He I'm lives in. his life by a code. <laughs> if Marshall's is associated, I'm in. That's if right. the hallmark of quality and innovation that is Marshall's has put their stamp of endorsement on this, sir, I'm in. And that's a code that is never steered John A. Cuff wrong. <laughs> that's right. Except for the fact that it has steered him to the Oscars.biz Awards. <laughs> so stay tuned, if you dare, for the actual Oscars.biz Awards ceremony coming up later with John A. Cuff. But up first, your entertainment releases. Music coming out on Tuesday, February 26th. There's quite a few options, actually. 
50 Cent is coming out with Street mm. King Immortal. Finally. He also has a book that came out. Recently. Yeah, uh, Health and uh, workout athlete, like with, a workout book. Workout oh, really? with Fiddy. A workout Co- co-written by LL Cool J. 45-year-old <laughs> LL Cool J. <laughs> Fitness with Fiddy. <laughs> I think like that's a, the brand. Sounds I, like a good, yeah. I'm, oh, I'm on it. I bought the DVD of Marshall. <laughs> it, it's no LL Cool J, but, but Fiddy doesn't look bad. I Fit, did look for Fitness DVDs, with Fiddy is the sort of DVD from like four years ago that they would have at Marshall's. <laughs> it's down there with like Dick Tracy and like weird sequels you didn't know were ever made. <laughs> Direct the DVD. Yeah, the Net Three. I didn't even know there was a Net. <laughs> I didn't know there was a second. One. <laughs> and who is Chandra Mullock? <laughs> um, Boy is coming out with mutual friends. Mm. Ivan and Alyosha. Yeah. yeah, sure. All the times we had Johnny Marr, the Messenger, Mount Mariah, featured in the new issue of Relevant with Miracle Temple. Very biblical sounding names there. Mount, Mount Mariah and Miracle Temple. Not a Christian band. No. We just put them in the magazine because they sounded <laughs> we, like we hope people would yeah, we hope band. people would think they were a Christian band. Plum is coming out with oh. uh, Need You Now. Uh, Plum. Christian music uh, icon Plum. Still back. back making music. Yeah. Uh, Shout out Louds with Optica. Hillsong United is uh, releasing their highly anticipated new album, Zion. You can stream the album for free on iTunes, folks. Go do it. We got the pre-release a month ago, and it is phenomenal. There there's several songs that are what you expect. You know, the anthemic, sing at the top of your lungs, Hillsong United sound. But there are a number of tracks. I'm going to go with six or seven that are very different, studio, intimate, beautiful. Just It's not a live recording. It's a studio recording, and it's uh, definitely worth checking out. And our pick of the week, really. Horse. Adams for Peace with a muck. album is phenomenal um, I, I, and I, I yes i am a radiohead fan i am a time york fan but i will say it's i put this album on last night at home no bias and just listen to it over and over and over again about five six times and it is phenomenal it's fine i've heard it too i streamed it. i would i i i said i said and i and i stand by this i called it a work of unmitigated genius i couldn't agree with and you I more, would, so. and i would you can put that i would tattoo that on my lower back Gothic script <laughs> with a with a horse jumping over it <laughs> and a dolphin and a, and a starfish somewhere. Oh, that's, that's how strongly I feel. Be a chat you'd work on. And through the, 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 the Japanese the sign for courage. Uh-huh. Surrounded in barbed wire. <laughs> barbed wire. My goodness! I hope one of our illustrative <laughs> listeners draws what that. just happened. Yeah, yeah, the guy on our Facebook page. Who, that guy is crushing it lately. What, wait, what's his name? Z- Zenya, I think. Zenya. Okay. So he's one of the guys. Shulgin. He's been post- he's been posting on our relevant podcast Facebook page. Right, right. Dude's right. got some time. He's he's got some time. <laughs> he's got some talent is what he has. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he did great. the Hoodman poster that right. we referenced oh, the, that's right. a week or two ago, which right. was really good. Yeah, and yeah. then he did the some some really good dance party campaign posters. Well, the first the first dance party thing he did was the button. So he actually has mm. an official button. 
And then he did a series of three posters, the final one of which was just pandering to Maya. Yes. It's a big Channing Tatum poster with a little Maya in the background going, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah that one was today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, he li- he's in America. He lives in Russia. He's with he, YWAM. Yeah, he's over there with YWAM. And, and I just think he has a lot of time on his hands. He's a designer. Because I, I was like, who is this guy? And uh, I think he's a lot of time on his hands. And it's really funny. He's doing really funny stuff. He's posting on our Facebook page. Yeah. Check it out. I'm Keep big, it up. I'm so we want him to do the tattoo that we just described. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the unmitigated yes. work of genius. If you need a, if you need a picture of my lower back as a reference point, I would be more than happy. <laughs> if to, Just, just I Google have, it. I have lots yeah, of options. <laughs> <laughs> just visit your Facebook page and look at the album title, My lots Lower lots Back. Lots of options for you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, movie release is coming out Friday, March 1st. 21 and over. It's coming out. No, it's, that, that it's that dumb. Another party, oh, like right. a party, party party, like party Project party. X style. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah. Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh, can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the do- oh, target demographic for Jack the Giant Slayer? The same one as Hansel and Gretel. Right. No so. one. <laughs> the Last Exorcism Part 2. Going straight to the Marshall's bin. Um, <laughs> and lastly, Phantom. Ed Harris, David Duchovny. Phantom. All right, that'll do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. If so, if so, we know we'll be coming. If so, if so, we know we'll be coming. There's a war raging closer than you ever could have imagined. And the podcast today is brought to you by someone who wants to help you stop this war. Gods at War is the next book by bestseller Kyle Eidelman, author of Not a Fan. Gods at War helps you recognize the idols that battle for control of your heart. Food, sex, entertainment, money, success, love. Discover a clear path away from idolatry, back to the heart of God. Gods at War is available at Zonervan.com and everywhere books are sold. You can buy your copy today. And I'm just like the next one, we'll be walking You're listening to Atlas Genius. The song is If So. And their new album, When It Was Now. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Phoenix, the song Entertainment, from their upcoming album, Bankrupt. Do I Dare? Do I Dare? Sneak preview. The May cover of Relevant Phoenix. We got them. Uh, the photo shoot was yesterday and the, the interview tomorrow. It's gotten. We'll make, up, we'll make up quotes if we have to. <laughs> we got the pictures. Okay, it's time for slices. What do you have, Jesse? Okay, well, I love every part about this this news story. Uh, it, it first kind of kicked off a few weeks ago um, when officials down in Florida, the great state of Florida, were trying to figure out what they can do about this python infestation in the Florida yeah. Everglades. Yeah. And Hundreds the back story is that over the, year, over the years, pet owners who own Burmese pythons have been releasing them into the wild. And because they have no predators, that is aside from armed Floridians, they have flourished in the Everglades and, and they're wrecking the ecosystem. Right. So uh, a few weeks back, they, Florida, uh, the wildlife group in Florida with the, with the local uh, government there, said they were going to do the 2013 Python Challenge and offer cash prizes to people who nabbed the most pythons and got the biggest python. So pythons, for a little more context, the, a lot of the population in South Florida 
is from the Caribbean and, 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 and other parts of Latin America. And, you know, obviously Python pets and stuff are, are a big part of that culture. And so when they moved to South Florida, they would have a lot of these pets. The pythons can grow up to be 20 feet plus long. I mean, they're massive, massive things. So they outgrow the bins. And a lot of the, the families don't know what to do with them, don't want to kill the family pets, so they release mm-hmm. into the wild. The Everglades there has no development, so obviously that's a natural spot, and they would do that. A python, and I'm forgetting the number, has on average either 50 or 80 baby pythons. And like Jesse said, there are no natural predators in in Florida like there are in other parts of the the continent, especially in the Everglades. And so these pythons would get, you know, it's almost like a goldfish swells to the size of its bowl. These pythons would then grow because of the Everglades. Does that really happen? Yes. Yeah, there there are monstrous pythons Mon- that have overrun the Florida Everglades. I mean, hundreds of thousands with no natural predators, just overtaking. And like Jesse said, they're it's, completely it's wrecking really the ecosystem. Yeah. They're absolutely massive because they have no boundaries, mm-hmm. and they're having dozens and dozens and dozens of babies each. So it's an exponential problem. I mean, we it's like with it? no end in sight. I mean, literally no end in sight. Yeah. So so that's why the Florida government thought. I know what the perfect idea is. <laughs> Let's send armed, untrained civilians into the dangerous Florida swamp to hunt these monstrous swamp killers. Of course. Uh, so they offered cash prizes to just regular people to come and kill pythons in a government-sanctioned python hunt. That's probably the coolest, greatest. This is why – this is like a, a dance party issue. It's just a phenomenal <laughs> idea all, all around. So – uh, over 1,600 people from 38 different states went down to Florida uh, for the last month, and including not a few members of the of the relevant staff who That's took true. part in this. This is actually true. We had two staffers go down and participate in the Great Python Hunt. Can I can I ask how many pythons they each bagged? He said that they didn't kill any pythons, but they killed a ton of water moccasins. Mm. Well, with, that with was machetes. actually a major concern their part. of yeah. Yeah. the officials not wanting local snakes to get killed. Yeah. So. So the, the, the contest has concluded, and does anyone want to guess how many pythons were bagged in this month-long period? 200. 68. 68. The whole contest resulted in 68 fewer pythons. Fewer than one python will give birth to. Yeah, so I, I, lo- I love the quote in here, in this. This is a story from National Geographic talking about it. They said, you know, the reptiles are, am- why they're so hard to find. They're, the reptiles are ambush hunters, which means they spend much of their time lying in dense vegetation, not moving, you know, presumably waiting to strike, strangle, and kill their prey. So it's a good thing we sent untrained people in there to go get them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they got 68 pythons. And what they're going to do now is that they're actually going to release some of them back into the wild but put tracking devices on them. I'm assuming that the, they're hoping that the tracking devices will lead back to the python lair somewhere. There's a lair? They live in Are, lairs? Is this like an Aliens 2 thing where they're all... It's like a giant Well, that's, cave, that's my personal assumption. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me. That, that's where they go and plot their, <laughs> their continual takeover. <laughs> they hold a weekly council. National parks. But the, the cool thing is this has also spawned um, with the, the Nature Conservancy down there, a group that is called the Python Patrol that anyone can go and join. And, by, and if you join the Python Patrol, you'll get training on how to identify and find pythons. So I'm kind of considering abandoning my life now and being a full-time member of the sure. Python Patrol. Sure. I mean, why not? 
you know? Your job would be to hunt pythons. Sounds Your like- compensation would just be dead pythons. <laughs> That's true. Uh, you have so all it's a the, give and take. You, you have know? all the python meat you know what to do with. That's, uh, <laughs> the, all, the, all the most succulent python meat you know what to do with. It can be yours as long as you kill the python. There's a, there's a great reality TV show in here. I did hear that they, you know, given the uh, less than stellar results, they're not sure that they're going to do the great python hunt again next year. Oh. Yeah. Cameron, I hope, you're, I hope you're kidding because I've just invested a substantial <laughs> amount of my uh, personal savings into python hunting equipment. <laughs> Which consists of what, by the way? Uh, mostly uh, a bunch of sticks that I bought. <laughs> <laughs> Down tell me, uh, I got some cool wading boots. I, I'm going to be honest with you. The sticks and the boots didn't cost a lot, but I did buy one of those cool hovercraft things. The airboat, you mean? To get me to point A to point B on the Everglades. So, Jesse, talk, talk to me. You got all this equipment. Uh, talk to me about the technique of how you actually catch a large Burmese python. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to be blunt with you guys. Uh, this whole thing was just an excuse for me to buy the airboat. <laughs> uh, I have equipped it with some with some cool weapons, like a like a cool crossbow thing. But again, it was just I used the python hunt as an excuse to do it, and now I fear that I've made a huge mistake. I, it's just too little, too late, almost. You know, it's like this 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 train has left the station. The ball is rolling down the hill. You, know? you just say we surrender to the python. Well, I'm wondering if there's some sort of shock and awe action we have to take here. Do we need to, do we need to bomb the Everglades? It's kind of you're, where you're going. suggesting nuking the Everglades and just starting fresh. I'm just saying there are kind of mass solutions. <laughs> what about thousands of like thousands of tiny animals, like thousands of tiny mice with little mice parachutes that are that are poisonous, poisonous that we fly mice. over oh, and we drop them idea. down and over the Everglades. <laughs> Wait, well, there are poisonous they would, they, mice? Okay, so if we, if we somehow ah. made a strain of mice that had poisonous blood in it. it might need, need to be bigger than a, maybe like mongoose I'm just or saying, something. I'm just saying, you, you yes. drop them into the Everglades, the Everglades being water, the mice would drown. <laughs> no, they have little, they have little, we little have. floaties. So it's kind of a kamikaze mission. It, basically yeah, it what would be, you're saying oh, is to kill no a monster takes a monster. Exactly. We'd need to create our own breed of poisonous Rats, which then would hopefully which not would be large enough to set to attract the Burmese python. Right. So we have to right. breed this strain of very large poisonous rats. Right. And if what I couldn't see easy. any way that this would go wrong. So in like twenty no. years, said we needed a, mass solutions. In twenty years, there's going to be a poisonous rat hut in the Everglades. <laughs> right. Because there's going to be a lair. Right. This is sort of thing genetic freaks that would form a lair. I'm thinking they would kill each other off, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I guess I could see there's some variables in my idea. I mean, worst case scenario, we still got the firebomb thing on the table. <laughs> right. I mean, trees grow back. That's or we true. just have Jesse on the table who would just take care of it for with us. his sticks. With his yeah, just, just send, send me, me down out. there for a few weeks. Let's see how many of these bad boys I get. I'm skeptical. Well, I got hey, I got an airboat, so that's <laughs> Jesse's gonna start leading tours on on killing the snakes. I know that uh, Evan, our our staffer, who went down there and his crew ran afoul a alligator that was pretty good size. They had to shoot at it to chase it away. So they they were armed. They had they, oh, had, they had guns. Uh, they yeah. had what? a gun. They had, mm-hmm. they had guns. I, I, see, for me, it wouldn't be like a, like shooting one. It would be like a, a battle to the death, like nature intended. Sure. Me versus the python. I get a primitive weapon. The python gets its self. Yeah, its strength. <laughs> right. I don't think it's very sporting to have a gun in a python fight. Teach their own. I'll be honest. I just lost. I just lost some respect for this guy, Evan. <laughs> a life and death struggle with an alligator would go maybe a little more poorly than one with a python would. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how people. they got the water moccasins. 
They're everywhere. Machetes it's the probably. Everglades. Well, I don't know if they kill them with, I don't know if they use the Jesse method of beating them with sticks until they're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine may not be the most humane, <laughs> but you, it is the most sporting. You bludgeon them. <laughs> I only hunt via bludgeoning. And they, and <laughs> I, was in, I was in a deer hunt one time that lasted seven hours. It was terrible. <laughs> You give them a stick too to give them a sporting chance. <laughs> like I said, I'm a gentleman, so yes. <laughs> the water moccasin I, I gets throw, one stick. Well, I you throw stick. sticks in their direction, letting them know. <laughs> Choose any of these weapons, <laughs> and then I'm like, "Your time is up," and then I charge them with my stick. <laughs> it's, how, it's how nature intended. It. <laughs> That's how our ancestors. They just sit there and take it. <laughs> <laughs> I also shoot. I should say, I shoot them with the tranquilizer dart beforehand. <laughs> Otherwise, I could be in real danger. It's very, it's very sporting of you, Jesse. Yeah. You're, not, you're not the hero that we need, but you're the one we deserve. I think I smell a question of the week brewing. Yes, oh, definitely. Your oh, method yeah. for yeah. taking care of the Everglades python if you could, If you could come up with a better one than we've pitched here, which seems a little <laughs> unlikely. It, stick bludgeoning. Uh, if you can beat <laughs> stick bludgeoning and firebombs and, 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 and large poisonous, poisonous rats being dropped from the sky in mass. You guys are forgetting about the airboat. So. You got to get point A to point B. I think you guys keep forgetting about that. It's kind of important. That's why I spent all my money on one. Legally, there's no place in Virginia I can even use this thing. So... All right. Uh, what do you have, Maya? I actually, uh, because you guys said goldfish keep growing, I looked this up. Yeah. And just this week, there was a story on the internet that was about monster goldfish are breeding in Lake Tahoe. Exactly. Oh. Um, so they're like. You're as gonna big have to put this picture. This one is what's recently caught. No! Whoa. No! Oh, oh, I gotta go. my I'll send goodness. it to you. Just for a little bit of context, it's about six what feet is that? long. It's a giant. It, it is six feet a, long, f- at least six feet around, four feet around. It looks bright orange. It looks prehistoric. A man is holding it, and his head is. I I, I couldn't I, lift that thing. A twentieth of this. I thing. figured this was was worthy. Whoa. We'll put it up. You brought a visual slice, but that we is. need to post this. These are okay. monster, massive goldfish. These are a bigger problem than the snakes. Maybe. This is, this is, literally. This Maybe is this is the solution to the snake. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. Goldfish. Oh. It's like it's like a sci-fi channel movie. Monster goldfish versus Burmese python. Well, you know, goldfish are There's poison. So, so that maybe that's what it is. We put massive goldfish mm. in the Everglades. Can also screwing with its ecosystem. But the pythons... Don't see this going wrong. Eat the massive go- goldfish. Or the massive goldfish eat the pythons. Either don't, way. Don't, don't you see what's happening here, though? <laughs> we, we are slowly bringing back the prehistoric age. Yeah. That, that we are, re, we are reintroducing monstrous creatures onto the earth, and they're going to take it back. That's right. The writing's on the wall. That's right. <laughs> and if we do that, then we're really no better than them. So maybe we deserve whatever comes next. I think the bottom line is the sooner we get Newt Gingrich's moon colony going, yeah, we, need, we need to get out of here. We need to get out of here. <laughs> we, we need to be on the first ship out of this python-infested thing we used to call our home. <laughs> okay, so this is a jam-packed show. Mm-hmm. And, Tyler, you are not a full-fledged podcast Member. You've got to earn your stripes. Remember yet? But, so well. So when we are running long and we have to cut segments, you cut that unnecessary comedian at the end of the talk oh. show, right? So your I words, feel like your words, not mine. Unfortunately, I feel like I see. Unfortunately, knowing going. that we're running long and we have a lot to come up, we are going to cut slices short. So stay tuned. 
Up next, the Lumineers. This podcast is brought to you by Experience Mission, a Christian nonprofit that challenges people to go, serve, and live their mission. With a focus on empowering local communities, Experience Mission provides opportunities for short-term mission trips, education scholarships, microloans, and six-month cross-cultural immersion programs in Africa and the Caribbean. To find out how you can partner with EM and communities around the world, get connected at experiencemission.org. listening to Beach Fossils. Songs Clash the Truth. The Lumineers, well, you know who the Lumineers are. They're pretty much the hottest band in, in America right now. They're a folk rock band from Denver. Um, their self-titled debut came out last April, and it has blown up. Uh, if you watched the Grammys a couple weeks ago, you saw them uh, perform they were nominated for two Grammys, Best New Artist and Best Americana Album. Their album just went platinum. Huge news for a band. Uh, their debut album went platinum. That's unbelievable. Uh, just this week, it was announced. They are also in the brand new issue of Relevant. Uh, we sat down uh, with cellist and vocalist Nayla Pekarek. And uh, you definitely want to check that out. The new issue of Relevant just released. It's mailing now. Uh, the iPad edition is up. Go check it out. For more from that interview, here is The Lumineers. Is this like kind of a dream for you? Like, were you one of those kids who growing up always dreamed of being like on stage and famous and doing what basically what you're doing right now? Yeah, I mean, I think it was pretty unexpected. And a dream come true is, is um, it's funny because I don't think any of us really expected for any of this to happen. I think the goal is for us to just kind of make a living as a musician. Um, and I think a lot of the things that have come with it at this um, kind of at this level. Was, wasn't really in the plan. <laughs> um, we were just happy to, you know, come home and not work side jobs anymore, um, which, again, is, is a very recent thing. I mean, I was still busting tables and substitute teaching and nannying and doing all kinds of odd side jobs um, up until March. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we're all really grateful for what's happened, but we definitely weren't expecting it. <laughs> Me and my eyes How did you guys come together in the first place? How did the Lumineers get started? 
Westwood and Jeremiah grew up together um, in New Jersey. They grew up in the same hometown. Um, so they kind of knew each other. And then they started making music through a mutual friend um, about seven or eight years ago. Um, and then they were trying to make music in the you know, New York, kind of Brooklyn scene. Mm-hmm. And it just was really, really hard to break into. Um, and so basically they knew they had to get out of New York because they were working so hard just to pay rent that um, they just found it really hard to make any time for making music. And Denver was just kind of a random spot on the map for them. Um, they had some fun living there. and just heard it was a lot cheaper to live there. And I think the idea was it was just kind of a, a you know, it wasn't really a destination spot for them. And I don't think they had any intentions of staying there very long. I think they just thought they'd just hold up and write a bunch of music and then maybe hit the road. Um, but in the meantime, that's where I'm from and where I was living. And they had placed a Craigslist ad that I answered for a cellist which is also pretty random. Um, I hadn't really been in a band before or really had any thoughts about being in a band. Um, I think as a cellist, it hadn't really crossed my mind. Uh, I had a lot of friends in bands, but I hadn't really thought of doing it myself. Um, I've got a teaching degree, and so I figured I would just be teaching at that point. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we, uh, we started playing together and then eventually started touring. What do you think is the, uh, because you're, you're part of obviously a recent spate of a lot of like sort of a folk revival with a lot of music that are, that are like what you're doing with, obviously I see you guys grouped in with Mumford a lot and then there's other bands like Of Monsters and Men, but what do you think it, it is about Lumineers in particular that seems to have really struck a chord? Do you see anything different in what you do from uh, a lot of the other things that are going on right now in music? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess a lot of that's for the, the listeners inside. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I I think we, we try not to even um, listen to a lot of those bands that are up and coming and popular. And, um, I, I mean, I certainly know who they are. And um, I actually went to Mumford live in, uh, at Red Rocks in Denver um, not too long ago. And it was an amazing show. And it's it's really cool to be put in the category for a band like that because they've done so much. Um, I think a lot of those bands like Mumford, uh, Mumford and um, the Ava Brothers and things like that, they opened a lot of doors for bands like us. Um, and, I've, you know, it's crazy that our, our songs are moving kind of towards a little bit of this pop story radio and this pop scene. And I don't think that um, really the masses would be ready for that had they not been primed for other bands like Mumford. Um, so we're really grateful for that. But I do think there's there's definitely an element that's different. Um, and I guess it's just... Uh, People have to come to the shows and you listen to the album to find out. When we were young, oh, oh, we did enough. When it got cold, ooh, we bundled up. I can't be told, I can't be done. It's better to feel pain than nothing at all. The opposite.
what uh so if you could say and maybe this is because music is really subjective and you don't want to put too many of your own ideas on it but if there was something that you could have like people people come to your shows or when they listen to your album if there was one thing you could like leave them with like an overarching idea or a feeling you'd like people to walk away from lumineers with what would it be um, well, I just thought that people, it, it seems like they are, but the people are listening to the record as a whole. You know, I, I think Jorge is getting a lot of attention right now, and um, it's a good song, but I, the record is really made to listen to as, as a whole project. Um, and there were there were really no afterthoughts on there. I mean, every single song was really crafted with a lot of care and concern, and there, there's not anything that's on there that wasn't supposed to be. I mean, every tambourine hit was very premeditated, so... Um, you know, we, we put a lot of, of time and, and work into into the record as a whole, and um, we were really, I, I think a lot of bands have to compromise on their first album, you know, because you don't have the money to fill to, to all the shots, and we were lucky enough to be working with enough people that let us do what we wanted, um, and working with a label that let us put it out just mm-hmm. as we wanted to. Um, and so it really is kind of our, our ideal um, product that came out, so we're just, we're really happy um, because from, from what the shows seem to tell us, that uh, the, the crowd seems to know all the songs, even the, the deeper tracks, like Slow It Down or something. Um, the, track, the audience is singing along, so we're really happy about that. That was the Lumineers. Check them out at thelumineers.com. Follow them on Twitter at the Lumineers and read more about them in the new issue of Relevant. Listening to DuckTales, we are not. That is not the song. <laughs> no, it's the, it is. The band is called DuckTales. I love that yeah. show back in the day. All right. The song is Letter of Intent. There's a band called DuckTales? Apparently. <laughs> what, was your, what was your tip-off, though? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 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 Life is like a hurricane. <laughs> <laughs> and at long last, we are to the segment that people, at least 20 of you, have been eagerly anticipating for the last 11 and three quarters months. <laughs> it is the third annual Oscars.biz Awards Show segment. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Last week, uh, Jesse brought us the 2013 nominees. You all went over to Oscars.biz with a K and a Z and uh, voted in no way affiliated with Oscars. And uh, we now have your results. Uh, And it's a very formal gala. I am officially wearing a top hat right now to celebrate and commemorate the event. Oh, that's you. I thought yes, it was Michael you Gunger. You, do yeah. look, you look a lot like Michael Gunger. <laughs> you you have Warby the old Parkied, half Lincoln. A, yeah. a Warby Parkie to Michael Gunger. This is a yeah. full Lincoln top hat that I have. It is a legit... <laughs> top hat i decided to bust it out are you it. wearing a top hat really i literally am wearing a top hat right now i feel so underdressed are I, you creating art <laughs> <laughs> i commemorate the formal occasions you never know when a formal occasion might break out and you need to have a top hat on hand so i keep it in my office 
So I, I had to buy a tie. I bought a tie yesterday at TJ Maxx because I was speaking somewhere that needed a tie. <laughs> and um, I thought they needed a suit, and this is true. I tried on a suit, and the only suit TJ Maxx had were in the boys' department. So I found a husky suit and tried that on. <laughs> and well, well, John, I think we're in an awkward the- scenario here because this year's Oscars.biz are actually sponsored and underwritten informally by Marshalls. <laughs> That's yeah. true. So we might have to scrub the TJ Maxx talk. We'll just, we'll just overdub. We'll just overdub Marshalls That's over TJ. If you, if you want to shame the Max, that's on you. <laughs> Did you buy the suit? The husky suit? No, it was too, like, the, the torso fit, but the pants were a bad fit. Um, cause, and that's the problem with husky boy suits that are $39. <laughs> well, it's really the problem with husky boys. <laughs> well, if the office taught us anything, it's that if Michael's, um, you know, you could have gone over to the women's uh, pantsuit section. That's uh, true. And- yeah, what were those called? What, the suit was called like Risky Endeavors or something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. like- <laughs> Mysterious, I believe it was. Oh. Mysterious. <laughs> <Right>. Mysterious. <laughs> um, so so uh, ju- jumping the gun a little bit there is the... Uh, co-host, the guest Uh, star of the Oscars.biz ceremony, none other than author slash humorist slash advice giver, John Acuff. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Now, now, John, let me ask you this. Since you're hosting an award show right now, did you prepare like an opening monologue? I've already done it. It was about TJ Maxx. That was my whole monologue. I was going to make fun of uh, somebody like Glenn Close, but she's not in the, uh, she's not in B2 with me right now in the airport. Hey, so I saw you tweet like in the last week, like, hey, if you want a, a galley of my new book, uh, come meet me at the D4 or D40 yeah. Yeah. airport terminal. Yeah. Did anybody come up to you? Yeah, I tweeted a photo of the kid. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, I wow. mean, it's not, it's not like the Beatles. Like, let's not pretend <laughs> I'm getting swarmed. I've never had somebody who came up and they were forced, and I was like, I'm sorry. Um, there were already three other contestants. Um, but yeah, to get, you know, mixing it up with the people. Staying, staying in touch with the common man. Uh-huh. <laughs> Your indie cred is doing really, is really soaring around well, the office right hit, now, especially. When you, when you hit silver level on the medallion system at Delta, things get a little, you know, the air gets thin. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can vouch. I also am silver medallion, which is the lowest level of medallion. <laughs> it's bronze. It's bronze. They just don't oh. want to call it that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when Papa, do you remember when Papa John's first came on the scene? They were like, we had medium, large, and extra large pizzas. And you're like, you can't skip small. Like, medium is small, Papa. Well, they did, didn't they just do that with all the, like, the drink sizes and fries and everything, Wendy's too? Wendy's does that. They just jumped up a level? Yeah, but, I, like, I was at the airport the other day, and I swear this guy had an oil oil barrel that somebody had attached a handle to. Like, our sizing with drinks, like, you don't need 800 ounces of Diet Coke. All right, now you're speaking like a true liberal. Why don't you just move to New York City? This yeah. <laughs> is government regulation. We're, we're, it's illegal. Yeah. Yeah, you, You'd probably you love it. You take that away when you take away my freedom. <laughs> <laughs> you going to come take away my oil drum, tough guy? If you would, I'm if in I Orlando. Drown in an oil time. Drum. Yeah, if I'm going to drown in yeah, an oil George drum. George Washington died for that big gulp. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so it is time. Uh, you all, uh, I know everybody's waiting with bated breath. Just get to the results. Just get to the results. But that's what everybody's saying. So, Jesse, I will turn it over to you. To uh, to read the categories and the nominees, and uh, our guest host, Mr. John Acuff, will reveal the winners. All right, sounds good. Well, uh, we're gonna we're starting off with the category, and this one got a lot of buzz early on because one of the nominees was actually tweeting about this. Oh, that is true. Yeah, sad yeah. but true. 
All right, so so the the category is best new artist, and this is one of the new digital categories this year, and it's the winner for best new artist in the in the division of video or photo bomber. Right. So so the nominees are Jungle Bird for his now infamous video bomb of Webb Simpson at the U.S. Open, that Stingray picture with those two girls on vacation, Chris Bosh for the LeBron James interview. Or that cow in the picture of the horse stuck in a fence. <laughs> okay, Jesse, Jesse, I have to admit, when you read these off during the nominees last week, I did not I had not at that point seen the cow with the horse stuck oh, in a fence. That's a great photobomb. photobomb. Yeah. That's and, a great uh, photobomb. And so I, I was lauding the stingray. The stingray. Mm-hmm. Now I have to I this is where we Chad and I decided we might have to make a producer's decision because Upon further research, the photo, the stingray photobomb was staged. No, Truth. stop. That can't so, be true. Hold on. Truth. If you, if you search, hold on. You know, so you're on a cruise. You go to the like stingray reef, and you go, and there's guides, and everybody touches and pets the stingrays, right? So if you search for stingray photobomb, you will see not only this famous one, but many other vacation photos where stingrays photobombed. Now let me tell you how it happened. The divers slash guides scoop up the stingrays with their two arms the underneath the stingray, <laughs> and they hold them up vertically and quickly take a picture. If you look closely at this photobomb, there is a man's head directly behind them. He's the one holding the stingray. Now, the girls legitimately freak out because the stingray touched them. But it was completely staged, and you I'm just gonna crushed my world. I crushed oh, no. my world. That's true. I told Chad about this because I was so bothered. I cried. Chad said disqualification. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, it was wow. a, it was you a tough decision, you guys. You I, I'm curious your opinion of our esteemed host. Well, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. John, you're familiar with this picture of the stingray, are you? Yeah. Well, I'll just tell you right now, it doesn't matter. It didn't win. So, oh. I think a new discussion. So, okay. I'm going to go ahead and spoiler alert that. It's disqualified, but it also lost. And it was interesting that your story involved, they, ga- they grabbed them with their two arms, as if perhaps there was another option of amount of arms. <laughs> <laughs> they grabbed them with all three arms. <laughs> hey, you can grab something with one arm, John Acuff. <laughs> Ocean creatures in particular have a lot of, there's a lot of different kinds of arms going on in the, in the sea. Yeah, creatures yeah. of the sea. At the ocean reef. The, yeah, there's no, there's no telling how many arms any given animal has hey, in the I'm ocean. I'm not saying, hey, I want to clarify, number one, they didn't pick it up with their hand. Yeah. They scoop it on the left and the right. Right, so the face of the stingray is clean, you know. Is is anyway? I stand by my description. A cuff <laughs> disqualified. Well, they are disqualified. disqualified. Okay. And Who I won? saw the cow photo bomb for the first time. Genius. That is pretty the funniest. We shouldn't eat cows if they can smell like that. I'm just saying. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was amazing. I became right. a vegetarian this weekend. That's right. All right. Who won photo. the category? Who won? Yeah. You ready for the winner? Yeah. 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 It starts with J and ends with Uncle Bird. Yeah. Ah. Jungle Bird won. Good so you're him. saying that his intense Twitter, Twitter campaign paid off, evidently. Yes. Bottom line, Jungle Bird dominated. Our first nominee. Wasn't even close. Our yeah. first nominee who actually knew about us and, and asked people to vote for him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, there's no law against it. No law against it. Most award shows don't announce the, the biggest loser, but let's do that to okay. the next. Um, Chris Bosch. I don't think you had to say anything about the vote. You could have just left it at the biggest loser is Chris Bosch. <laughs> 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 
He even lost to the guy that was disqualified. Yeah, he lost to a disqualified <laughs> staged one. What kind of loser is that? Yeah, he awesome. lo- wait, he lost to not only uh, a disqualified one, but also a cow. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, well the next category uh, is best original programming in the division of Southern culture exploitation. Mm. Oh, yeah. mm. Some, some, that was a big, that was a big genre this, this year. Was Honey Boo Boo, was Honey Boo Boo nominated? Yes. Oh, she was. Uh, okay. Along with CMT's Redneck Island, Duck Dynasty, and Buck Wild. I've got the results. If you want to skip right to that, are Let's we going to do, do some Honey Boo Boo jokes or? <laughs> we are, we are. That joke. Well, th- thankful, empty. thankfully, John, she's nominated in multiple categories. <laughs> she, oh, good. No, she's not. Is she really? She's up for a lifetime. <laughs> she is. She is. That's right. And she's only like, like six, which is pretty impressive. <laughs> right. So are you guys ready for the the winner? Let's do yeah, it. We are. Let's hear it. In a in a landslide, in a landslide, Duck Dynasty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. That was my vote. Good. Now, now on, John, let me ask you this. Does this surprise you at all? No, it doesn't. People are crazy for beards. Beards are the new bacon. Like three years ago, people acted like they had just discovered bacon. Like they, they tweeted about bacon with the fervor of your friend who gets engaged and thinks he invented love. That's the worst person to follow on Instagram. Cool. So, so Duck Dynasty. So, so the next category is Best in Show 2012 in the I Think Just Watching This May Be Illegal in Some States Award. <laughs> so all of these shows are things that we entertain ourselves with that have to do with real people doing illicit activities. And the nominees are Moonshiners, Sister Wives, Amish Mafia, or Mob Wives. Mm. Mm. There's no honey boo boo for like a child endangerment or anything. (laughs) (laughs) For for general poor taste. Yeah, or just toddlers and tiaras. Like that could be also, I'm pretty sure that's illegal. I should have just made a creepy category yeah, next year next year it's all toddlers and should be illegal in some states that'd be a good 2014 <laughs> i'd just like to say i'm gonna go for uh the the amish mafia because i think that's just awesome well john what wh- what is who is the winner of the best in show 2012 in the illicit well, activities category we love them for their buggies and their beards oh, mob wives mob no. wives. <laughs> <laughs> it was amish, <laughs> it was amish mafia oh, it was and yes. i will say that mob wife got three percent of the vote which is like four people voted for mob wife <laughs> sort of our generation's chris bosh literally <laughs> the wives voted for themselves and that's it our generation's chris bosh <laughs> all right so in the category of most improved sound design in a show that's basically just about people's driving stuff around in trucks most improved sound design and the nominees are shipping wars Ice Road Truckers, Big Rig Bounty Hunters, or IRT Deadliest Roads. Isn't every road you isn't every road you drive technically dangerous? Do we need a super dangerous version of that? <laughs> P- particularly, yeah, when it's when you're in a, in a massive, you know, ten ton big rig. Yeah, worse than a lake you're driving on. <laughs> well, I've, got, I've got the winners, and it sounds like nobody's going to be surprised by this result. The winner is the Stingray who photobombed. <laughs> uh, uh, Disqualified. Yeah, surprising. Surprising. <laughs> uh, no, the winner was Ice Road Truckers. Yeah. Oh, like, yes. wow. Road, yeah. Classic. The original. Yeah. It deserved it. Deserved the original. It. That's a great show. Yeah, we're purists. Yep. Yeah. Good. And people, people could care less about big rig bounty hunters. Yeah. Um, so that... 
that did not move the needle whatsoever. That su- surprises me, to be honest with you. But. It, it really is shocking. I feel like that was a show that was great in concept, just lost in execution, you know? <laughs> it's, like, it's like Arrested Development. It was too good for TV. Have you seen Airplane Repo Man? <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> what channel does it come on? I don't know, like the flight channel? It's probably one of those. How, how um, do you so do that? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that he, he just tries to go and repossess like, where airplanes. He, where does he find airplanes? Yeah, but it's, it seems so fake because clearly he's getting cleared from the tower. Like he's not, what? you know, it's not like he pulls up or like he gets in the plane and he flies it away. And when you repo a car, you don't turn the keys on. You pull up with a flatbread <laughs> tow yeah. truck and you, and you pull it out of there. You don't have the keys. How's he flying the plane? Is he somehow hot wiring it? You never see him doing like the yellow wire and the blue wire like they do in a lethal weapon. Does he just have a tow airplane, like an airplane with a little hook on the end that he can use to pull him away? <laughs> like ducktails. <Yeah. laughs> he like hooks the up a huge tow airplane. Um, it's actually a tug airplane is what they say in the, in the Sure. Biz. Oh, yeah. I, I'm not familiar with the terminology. But yeah, I see, assume the only, the only like way that. that they could make that show like exciting is if, if it, the sh- each episode ended like the last scene in Argo. Like they're going down the runway and there's guys in cars like chasing after them. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if he's repossessing planes in Iran. Is he repossessing planes in Iran? I think they're saving that for the uh, for Sweets Week. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'll watch that. Are you sure that you didn't just watch Argo and you thought it was a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, that guy really looks like Ben Affleck. <laughs> All right. Well, well, speaking of vehicles being forcibly removed, uh, the next category is the unnecessary force in the removal of a vehicle, car repossession and parking enforcement division. Okay. And the nominees are Lizard Lick Towing, Operation Repo, Parking Wars, and South Beach Tow. Stop deforestation! We just, Jungle Bird just, Jungle Bird. just bombed Jungle Bird. We just got bombed by Jungle Bird. Jungle Bird just came in the studio, <laughs> Jungle Birded us, and ran out. Was he with Kanye West? <laughs> I'm gonna let you finish. I think Jungle Bird's a little uh, a little upset that he wasn't nominated for uh, best use of unnecessary force in the removal of a vehicle right. since he's been removed from quite he, a you few. You know, he can't win them all. He can't win them all. Right, little Jungle Bird. But right. we seem in the, we have been a we have been he's, very anti deforestation, he, and he's already won an award tonight. Yeah, right. So I don't know what he's seems a little childish. A little childish. He just needs more attention. Yeah. He's being forcibly removed right now from the Oscar <laughs> in the back of a airplane. Maya's got him. Okay. So I, I, I've got the winner, and by a landslide, not even close. Parking wars. There you go. Yeah. The wow. wow. Yeah. And Again. I tell you what, people hate. People hate South Beach Toe, and I think it's because they thought it was a show for people who like feet. Yep. <laughs> Very large toes. Yeah. Just like real close ups of people walking in sandals in South Beach. Probably Chris Bosch. Yeah, it's probably Chris it's South Beach. It's, it's most likely a show about Chris Bosch's feet. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not it's not a good show. So that one bombed. People love parking wars, which if you told me ten years ago when you were paying, putting money in a meter that someday this will be really fascinating to people, what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. I would say, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope our society doesn't get there. Well, it's here. 
Yeah. We'll really be in the toilet if people are paying to watch somebody open a storage container. Yeah. If you're telling me that in 10 years from now, yeah, I'm going to pay to watch people get parking tickets, repossess storage units, and watch tiny toddlers doing beauty pageants, I tell you that we were nearing the fall of the Roman Empire. And, and may the next well, 10 years contain as many surprises for all of us. I hope to continue to be shocked by just how low the basement is yeah. on American society. There's going to be an I, unprecedented rise in the amount of TV shows about feet. <laughs> I would say the next thing you're going to tell me is there's some cities in this country I can't go to and order a ginormous soda. <laughs> I, just, I just don't believe it. <laughs> so, okay, what's next? All right. Okay, so in the, in the category of best clip show host, the, he's only slightly better than Bob Saget Award. <laughs> we have a couple nominees. We have Shaq for his show Upload with Shaquille O'Neal, Rob Deerdeck for Ridiculousness, Daniel Tosh for Tosh.0, and Dave Coulier for America's Funniest People and Whatever He's Doing Right Now. That's a tough one. That is this a, is, that this is is a tough, tough category. category. You could also have included Daniel Tosh in Find Most Reasons for Him to Be Naked on TV. <laughs> that dude loves to add a skit into his show that constantly has him with no clothes on. That's true. He's very proud is, that of a, is that an so edge I'm, in this category? But, or does that but, I, but I will say a lot of people who remember Dave Coulier will remember that as well. <laughs> <laughs> if you bought the Full House behind the scenes DVDs, you're going to see a lot of Joey nudity. But his reasons always seemed a lot uh, more organic and natural than Tasha's, which just feels sort of forced sometimes. Yeah, I agree. So, who's, so who's this the is winner? the first, guys. This is, we're, about to, we're about to cross a precipice um, of pop culture trouble. Uh-oh. We, for the first time in this year's Oscars, 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 have have a tie. A tie. And the tie is between wow. Daniel Tosh and Dave Coulier. Wow. So I think I would like to open on the floor for arguments on why one or the other deserves it. Maya, you go first. Maya has left the building. Yeah, she took Jungle Bird out. She, she escorted him out. She's no longer in the room. Uh, I- I, I have a suggestion. Okay. Let's offer the Oscar. Let's offer to cut the Oscars.biz award in half. <laughs> okay. Seems like Ooh, a biblical. Daniel thing. Tosh just said no. He is a pastor's son and is familiar with the Solomon story. That's right. So he mm-hmm. had said no. Don't do that. Give it to Dave Coulier. Well, that's. Well, then, hey, you know that's, what? That's then we'll admirable. do what he wants. Let's give it to Dave Coulier. I agree. <laughs> I agree. Daniel Tosh should win nothing. That backfired. That backfired. <laughs> on Tosh, quite Daniel Tosh is very upset. He's so he's taking his clothes off right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's streaking through the Oscars out this award. And now Maya is removing him from the studio as well. <laughs> All right. So in the, the next category is one of our new digital categories. Um, we did the best photo video bomb earlier. This year we're also adding best Tumblr in the Cats Who Look Like People slash Unimpressed Olympians division. Right. Ooh, that's a yeah. niche. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, have, we have five nominees. We have thekittencovers.tumblr.com, which is where people recreate famous album covers using cats instead of people. Catire.tumblr.com, which is cats wearing people clothes, probably from TJ Maxx and Marshalls. Uh, cats that look like Ron Swanson.tumblr.com. Michaela is not impressed.tumblr.com. And finally, the Tumblr that features cat scientists of the 1960s. 
catscientist.tumblr.com. <laughs> this, this category could be called we found four cat sites and added one not impressed site. That's, a, that's well, an interesting category. Well, the, here's the thing. I, you know, I, I looked for other li- non-impressed Olympians, and there just aren't any. Believe <laughs> so, why did, so why did you have to make the whole category include them? Why not just exclude them and make it a cat category? You can't just not exclude an unimpressed Olympian <laughs> Tumblr from the category that's yeah. very uh, clearly called Cats Look Like People slash Unimpressed uh, Olympians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say, I mean, that's part of the category. It's I don't understand the, the question. I'm really confused. <laughs> It's kind of one it's of the. It's like it's as if you guys have never watched the Oscar stuff. This <laughs> kind of one of the rules. Yeah, well, well, I'm excited to say it was close. People have, you know, how people are with cats. They have deep feelings. Um, people get emotional about cats, even though cats hate humans. Mm-hmm. You'll never read a story that says cat saves family from fire. Um, although I've had somebody tell me that happened to them once, so I'm a they're, little they're lying sure if that was true. Cat owners tend to lie. Um, and so the category that won, the, the winner is cats that look like Ron Swanson. Yes. Well, yeah. Yeah. No, no surprise there. They really do. It's really They really, they really do. That's it's, a great it's, it's eerie. It's a great Tumblr. All right. So the next category is best consistent use of a crossbow and homemade weaponry. Okay. Right. So we've had a lot of these new apocalyptic shows where crossbows make a lot of appearances, but also with some pretty sweet homemade rep- weaponry. The nominees are Doomsday Preppers. For giving us the Crovel, which is a shovel, a hatchet, saw, and with a zombie killing spike affixed to it. So it's a big combo weapon thing. We have Whale Wars for their consistent creative use of stink bombs. Doomsday Bunkers for the spike doors on the inside of their fortresses. And Sons of Guns for that crazy powder cannon thing they restored for Joe Perry of Aerosmith making the world a much, much more unsafe place. <laughs> this one wasn't even close. Oh, um, oh, People don't care about Joe Perry's weapon collection. Um, <laughs> they seem to be okay with that. Um, they don't care about spikes on doors. What people care about at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, really, even the middle of the day, <laughs> is the crobble. Yeah. On wow. yeah. yeah. See, I'll be honest. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be the stink bombs on Whale Wars. Oh, oh compared yeah, to a crawl with I, a zombie killing this, spike. But this is the 2013 Oscars Not Awards. Whale, Whale Wars kind of was was Peaked. a 2010 Oscars Not Biz Awards yeah, over the darling. Hill. There's still up. something I, weirdly satisfying about seeing those guys on those anti-whaling boats throwing stink bombs onto Japanese whalers. They're just trying to do their job up there. But you try you take a stink bomb to a zombie and. Watch what happens to you. <laughs> right. That thing's coming right back at you. Well, uh-huh. have you ever seen whale, whale Wars? I watched an episode of it, and the guy said, what you have to ask yourself is, are you willing to die for a whale? And I was like, pretty easy question. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> like, this, that one didn't haunt me. I was able to answer that one almost instantly. Like, before yeah. he had finished speaking, I was like, no. Nope. <laughs> so, so this is one of the big ones. We're approaching the end of the program here. And uh, we want to announce the nominees for the Oscars.biz moment of the year. This is the moment we'll look back on um, and say, wow, what a year. And uh, the nominees are that one episode of Pawn Stars where Chumley stayed home from work and then got busted because he wasn't really sick after all. Okay. (laughs) The unveiling of that sweet bug out RV equipped with night vision cameras and camo on doomsday preppers. 
when the American Pickers guys found an old Coke machine buried in a bunch of weird garbage in the back of a barn on the side of the road. Wait, that's pretty much every episode. That was a good one. Remember that one? Uh, where were you? Do you remember where you were? <laughs> it was very late at night and I couldn't sleep. I, I, I called my mom. Yeah, and finally, uh, the, the moment of the, the, the other nominee, the Jungle Bird Webb Simpson video bomb. <laughs> He's got stuff, stiff competition. That one episode of Pawn Stars, they kind of turned a corner. You know, weaving in some clearly scripted subplots into the show. So, you know. Well, it's when, to me, it's when they started doing storytelling. Before, they were just finding junk. Um, and that's when it became a story. It, it, it really made a cinematic leap. Yeah, I mean, I think we got to see their hearts. We had just seen their faces before, if you know what I mean, Jesse. We got to see their hearts. Oh, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I feel like it's totally a valid nominee. I got some. I got a hard time from the other guys, but I'm glad you see it my way, John. <laughs> well, good. Well, th- this one's a landslide, um, and I almost fear that this moment is going to become cocky because this isn't the first award they've won today. Wow. It's the second. Ladies and gentlemen, Jungle Bird. Uh, oh, no. wow. Now, we do have to okay. clarify, we, we did not limit how many times one person or IP address <laughs> could vote on the Oscars Dark Biz Awards. So there is a chance that Jungle Bird himself actually voted himself to the victory. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I think a pretty good chance. <laughs> well, we set, we set up the voting process so we can't complain about how people may or may not have won right. with it. So hats off to Jungle Bird. Yeah. He, he did rally his yeah. uh, Twitter followers he, to go vote for true. him. That's so, true. So, so it's fair and square. It's a powerful fair force. All right, so so this is the big award. This is, this is what the show is all about, the Lifetime Achievement Award. This so is for excellence. Exciting. This is we, we look at this person and we're we're just happy they're on this planet that we get to share the planet with this individual, the Lifetime Achievement Award. So th- this year's nominees, Honey Boo Boo. Ooh, Honey Boo Boo, big year for Honey Boo Boo. Yeah, uh, the real life and considering her life has only been like nine years, it's a pretty big accomplishment just being nominated. Is she the uh, youngest nominee to ever be? For Lifetime Achievement Award at Oscars.biz? Well, I, the, the, the water scene, skiing squirrel that won last year, oh, we, we're pretty yeah. sure it was only about four. Okay. We don't know the lifespan of a squirrel. All right, so, so the nominees, Honey Boo Boo, real-life superhero Phoenix Jones. Mm. Mm. He's, oh. a, he's a guy that's I fighting crime Jones. in the streets of Seattle in costume. He's inspiring. And posting about it on the internet. Uh, that cool circular saw thing they used to open lock storage unit on storage boards. Which is called a circular saw. It's a spe- we, a we, Ken, we went over this. It's a special one to open storage units. That has a blade that cuts through metal. That's, that's all, all I'm saying is there's a whole genre of TV that wouldn't be possible without that circular saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steven Seagal, the lawman himself. And finally, the person behind the amazing website, OneTinyHand.com. Now, John, are you familiar with this website? I feel like when you say the when you say the name of it, I am familiar with it automatically. Oh, you'd remember. I'm right? assuming it's pictures of people with one tiny hand. There you go. You got it. They Photoshop famous people and famous moments, but alter it in a way where the famous person has one little tiny hand and one normal sized hand. You, you wouldn't you wouldn't think it would be as unsettling as it is. It's very unsettling. <laughs> and I do have to give some context real quick before John announces the winner. I watched this. I logged in every day and watched the results. This one was a surge at a photo finish. This one was not the leader this morning. The one that won wow. is, is a late win. Really? So, 
I've got to say, I'm holding the results with both my arms right now. <laughs> um, I've got two arms that I'm holding these results with, like my forearms, because it, it matters. Now, <laughs> let me ask you this. Are you holding it with both of your hands? Are both hands no, normal size? I've got size one the- regular size hand and one tiny hand. That's why <laughs> this is a bittersweet announcement for me, because we've come so far um, and getting people to recognize us that we're, there were people too, you know, on the inside we're people, uh-huh. but this one goes to <laughs> the, the guy who created the one tiny hand. One tiny hand. Good. Com. Oh. Yeah, one. Good. Well, like every award show, once it's over, it ends awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> Many uh, congratulations to all of the winners. That's another, another one in the can. The 2013 Oscars.biz did not disappoint. Thank you, John Acuff, for being our guest co-host from the airport in Detroit, Michigan. It was awesome having you on. Thanks, man. This is fun. Listeners, if you want to check out not only all of the winners, but our Hall of Fame, you definitely want to check out the Hall of Fame, our In Memoriam uh, section, go over to oscars.biz, O-S-K-A-R-Z.biz, and uh, check it out now. Stay tuned. Up next, feedback. Woo! Listening to The Strokes. The song is All the Time. It's from their upcoming album, Come Down Machine. And interesting, this single sounds like The Strokes. It's the first time in a while a Strokes yeah. song has sound like, right. yeah. like Strokes. <laughs> so thank you to The Strokes for being The Strokes again. Keep on stroking, Strokes. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on doing your thing. <laughs> All right, it's time for your feedback. <laughs> so I said that was Thang with an A. Yeah, I got it. I wondered. Kind of like a new Thang, like a DC yeah, Talks. Yeah, Oscars. Do yeah. your Thang, Strokes. <laughs> they did with their new single all the time. Uh, okay, so this is the normally where your feedback would be, but your feedback was last week to go over to Oscars.biz and vote for your uh, favorites there. So so there's not a traditional feedback section, but we do have this week's editorial question of the week. So, I mean, no surprises here. Earlier in the show, we, we, lobbed, the, we lobbed the grenade <laughs> and uh, need, need your help. We need you to help us solve the Burmese python infestation of the Everglades. Obviously, the, the sharpest minds in the Florida government, all they could come up with is some cash prizes. And that led to 68 of 800,000 pythons Snooze getting nabbed. And, and I, and I want to challenge listeners, too, because I know you guys are laughing. But uh, come up with something better than hastily fashioned spears from sticks. I challenge you. <laughs> okay. So you're and saying an that airboat to get from point A to point B. So, so you can't forget about the point A to point B. How are you going to get there? Right. So if you have an idea maybe for an airdrop or to introduce a, a countermeasure into the ecosystem, uh, but, but what would finally rid us of the problem before they spread north and consume central Florida where we are? Yeah, there's a lot of stakes at this question we of the week. Help. This we, is, our we lives are help. in your hands. 
<laughs> so hurry up with the the sooner you get some answers in here, the better. We're fine for now. So the probably the the solution for our, uh, is just to to give give in to the infestation and to construct a, a a series of zip lines around the city so we can get from point A to point B without having to touch our feet Man, on the ground. We're taking no, up all I, the good I've answers solved the point here. A to point B, guys. It's airboats. <laughs> we need more airboats. Airboats, even on the city streets. Uh, so go over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast or our Facebook page where you can probably see a lot of pictures by that Russian listener, including the the new back tattoo, Tyler. Um, Can't wait. Okay, I've been trying to get a good shot of my back ever since we brought it up. And tell us your solutions for uh, invasive non-indigenous species infestations. Okay, so I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a long one. Many thanks to the Lumineers for talking to us. Check out their feature in the brand new issue of Relevant, which you guys uh, will subscribers will be getting like right now. Um, the iPad edition uh, just went up. Uh, if you're a subscriber, uh, if you're not, go check it out. The issue is hitting newsstands in the next few days. Uh, the 10-year anniversary issue of Relevant, which we will get into more next week. One of the highlights of the issue is a feature with the Lumineers. Check it out. Thanks to John Acuff for being our MC for the third annual Oscars.biz Awards. It was such an honor. Uh, he brought just more culture and class to the event than we could ever know what to do with. <laughs> uh, and thanks to our new sponsor, WarbyParker.com. If you have poor eyesight like I do, do yourself a favor and head over to WarbyParker.com. Get the uh, free five-pair in-home tryout and uh, put in the promo code RELEVANT for free expedited two-day shipping on your final purchase. Really cool. Yeah. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Maya Strang. I'm Tyler Huckabee. I'm Jesse Carey. That's Chad Michael Snavely. We'll see you next week. For listening to the relevant podcast go follow us on twitter at relevant podcast and for more great content check out relevantmagazine.com if the hallmark of quality and innovation that is marshall's has put their stamp of endorsement on this sir i'm in <laughs>